You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host, along with my engineer producer, Mr. Wes. Good morning, Wes. <laughs> he gives me a nod. He's trying, you know, he's a laid back kind of guy. Look, I want to make a few announcements. In fact, uh, for the next show, I intend to have uh, Deidre Wilson. She's with the, the Black Achievement Fund to talk about meditation, if you will. Also, local businesswoman, Arletha Stevens. It is my intent to have her on the show. Um, Again, uh, this is Women's History Month, and I'm just trying to uh, just want to call out some of the ancestor ladies that I've known over the years who gone on to the other side. Jeannie Schmidt, she was a fire investigator, fire inspector for City of Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. In fact, Jeannie... uh, the guys wanted me instead of Jeannie to be a bomb squad tech. And I told them, you guys better go with that woman because I'm afraid of bombs. So uh, they actually went on and recruited. Jeannie went on and did a great job as a a bomb squad member for Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. Georgia Wimberly, sister of a longtime friend of mine, Paul Wimberly. Uh, she is an ancestor now. Uh, Pearlie Mae Morris. Jacqueline Harris, Audrey Wesley. Audrey is a longtime friend of our family, uh, sister of Taurus. Uh, just a good person to, to know throughout life. Dory Hilson, a friend of uh, my daughter. This was a young woman who passed away and left some children behind, but I know that their grandparents are taking care of them, looking out for them for sure. A longtime neighbor and uh, top-notch ed- educator in the community, Dorothy Stepp. Uh, she is an ancestor now, a, a very good lady who did so much in our school district for our young people, so she will always be appreciated. Brenda Ward uh, passed on. Uh, Helen Madison, Mary Washington, uh, a longtime friend, uh, Elizabeth Washington, Rose Washington. These we we were not related that we are aware of, but we all carry that that Washington name. A family member who was always at our family reunions, and she passed away at ninety nine. Rose um, McMillan of Chicago, uh, again a, a good cousin who made all the family reunions and always was up and dancing, and she was. Again, made them all until she passed away. Darlene Banks, uh, 
of the Banks family, a longtime Las Vegan. In fact, Darlene actually passed away when she was on a vacation uh, down in the islands, if I'm not mistaken. Brenda Alexander, a neighbor of ours who um, passed away not so long ago, and her, her daughter, I mentioned several times, did a tremendous letter that was from her father to her mother and how well he took care of her. Exie Seastrunk passed away recently. Uh, again, a person that I've known for many, many years. And Miss Smith, Reverend Smith's wife, always a lady that was encouraging to folks like me. And then we had Darla Washington, that's Chef Washington's, and this is a relative, uh, Chef Washington. In fact, Darla's restaurant is in her name over on MLK. So, again, a young ancestor going on to the other side. Sylvia Bullock, uh, a young lady's mother whom I work for work for from time to time, Miss Sharon Bullock. So just wanted to mention those folks who have gone on. They were ancestors who I trust that their families will not stop talking about the work that they did while here on Earth. So just wanted to acknowledge those folks. And again, next month I intend to have Deidre Wilson with the Black Achievement Fund talking about meditation and then businesswoman Arletha Stevens. So with that, once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. Good morning once again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. I'm excited to have uh, uh, my first guest on this morning. She is a colleague, a long-time, long-time colleague. In fact, uh, I'd like to introduce her now. This is Chief, Chief Tony Washington. Hey, Chief, how you doing? I'm great, Chief. How are you? I am doing well, doing well. I'm I'm excited and I appreciate you making time for for our listening audience. In fact, just so you know, Chief, this can be listened to anywhere in the world and I'll make sure that you get that information so you'll know that you can tune in as well as it also goes to and I like to tell people right on the air, this goes to, to podcasts, so you'll be able to pass it along to friends and family and colleagues. But I really appreciate you taking time out to be with us this morning. Thank you so much for for the invite. I'm really excited about, you know, the conversation that we're going to have. Sure, sure. So you are a career firefighter. When and where did you start? Yes, I am a career firefighter. I actually started my fire service career at the state of Georgia Fire Marshal's office. And from there, I um, was I got was employed with um, the city of East Point here in Georgia mm-hmm. as a firefighter. So I started off at the very beginning. <laughs> started off at the bottom, huh? Boy. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I didn't realize you started with the fire marshal's office. Yes. Yes. So I was fortunate enough to um, uh, have the opportunity to work with Georgia's first African-American fire marshal, mm-hmm. who at the time was A.D. Bell. Oh, and man. from there, yeah, yeah. So Chief Bell actually 
um, introduced me to the fire service. So wow. that was my introduction to, I guess, the fire department. Yes. Um, I had the opportunity to work with many departments in the Atlanta metro area. Right. And at that time, they were um, a lot of departments here in Atlanta still didn't have women. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Chief Ronnie Few was the fire chief at East Point. And he was constantly recruiting me to come over because he didn't have any women in his department. Wow, this is this is really crazy because I, you know, I know Chief Ronnie Few uh, very well uh, as you do, and uh, gosh, I, you know, as time goes by, you forget some of the connections that we've all made throughout our careers, and I just totally forgot about Ronnie was over because he left East Point, and I think he went to Augusta. Yes, he yes. went to Augusta. Then I think he went to the D.C. area. Right. Then I think someplace in Alabama. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. get him. I'm going to get him on here for sure, uh, sometime down the road as a guest. So we actually met at EDI, as I recall, and you have been a student and a graduate, and also an instructor. Tell us a little bit about that experience, because I want people to know what the Carl oh Holmes Executive Development Institute has done throughout this country, in fact, the world, because we've had people from England, we've had people from the Caribbean, we've had people from Africa to come over for that training. Yes, yes. So um, EDI, uh, Carl Holmes Exec- Executive Development Institute, was very instrumental in the success that I've had in my career. Um, first, you know, the, the foundation of becoming familiar with the fire department and all. Yes, Ronnie Pew did give me that opportunity by hiring me. Mm-hmm. But EDI actually prepared me, uh, gave me that roadmap in which I was able to travel and be successful and reach, uh, obtain the, the highest rank in the fire department, which is the fire chief. So they they, they taught me how to prepare for assessment centers. Um, they taught me some budgeting things. They taught me, you know, how to lead, how to manage. Mm-hmm. They gave me some leadership skills. You know, I got all of that foundation actually from EDI. And then I was able to take it back to my department and be successful. Great, great. And again, I mentioned you also have and continue to instruct from time to time at EDI. Yes, yes. You know, um, we have to always give back. Um, I am a firm believer in sharing my knowledge and preparing the people that are coming behind me, Mm -hmm. because it's just not enough for me to say that I've made it. Um, I don't get satisfaction there. It's always good to say, okay, I made it to the top. This is what I aspire to do. But my satisfaction comes from helping other people prepare and then seeing them reach the height of their careers. Oh, absolutely. Well, you've done a tremendous job in terms of, because, you know, we have had a number of women to actually come to EDI and graduate. So you've been a tremendous role model for those young women. So we really appreciate that because I think when people see someone who looks like them, gender, et cetera, et cetera, it makes them feel better about the opportunity that they may get in terms of moving up through the ranks. Something that is very important that I think our listening audience certainly needs to know, and that is Sister Friend, Chief Tony Washington, you hold two very prestigious positions within the fire service. So please, please, please expound on that. Yes, yes. 
So um, I, during my fire service career, which has been a span of about 30 years, mm -hmm. um, I've had the opportunity to be involved with many organizations to include Black Chief Officers, um, International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, and other infinity groups. Um, right now, I am the president of Women in Fire, mm. which represents the 11 to 13,000 um, uh, women, career women firefighters. Mm. Um, so um, I actually lead that group now. So how did that come about? Is it an elected position, appointed position? So it is a, so to get in the, on the board, mm -hmm. it is an elected position. Okay. And to reach the height of president, mm -hmm. it is by, it's almost like a succession plan. You start off um, um, as the secretary treasurer. Right. And then over the course of the years, you move up as others transition off the board. Excellent. So I was able to um, get on as a board trustee. Mm -hmm. um, then from there, I was elected to the secretary uh, treasurer's position mm -hmm. and then moved up from there. Yeah, I, I see they model um, a group that I'm still paying my dues and a member of, and that's the Metro Chiefs, the Metro Fire Chiefs. And they have a model that's similar to that, where you once you get on the board, you move up through the ranks and then you become a senior past member of the board, which it, it maintains yeah. a level of continuity, I believe. As people go through the various positions. Excellent. Yeah, ab absolutely. I, I think, and you know, it's much like the fire service, you know, it's very important that you um, know um, the various uh, uh, tasks and positions mm -hmm. of, of the fire service. Right. Uh, you don't have to be that expert, but you need to have at least have knowledge. And we found using that model has been very successful because I started off, you know, as just a trustee and I, I learned the history and gained some knowledge. And mm -hmm. from there, you know, just moved up. And that that has really helped me be successful. And I will say that over the last um, uh, few years, our membership has grown tremendously. Excellent. Excellent. So what is the other position that you hold that you mentioned to me? So now I am actually the Center for Public Safety Excellence. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they are the uh, the division that's responsible for fire department accreditation as well as uh, position credentialing. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they ensure that uh, once you receive your certified chief officers, your fire officers, mm -hmm. um, your fire marshal designation that you have reached all of the milestones and the things they feel to say that you have, you are a, a, a absolute, you have reached all the minimum educational and, and um, experience for this position. Excellent. So right now I serve as the chair for the credentialing uh, a mechanism of that association so I, I would imagine that there hasn't been too many women in that position no actually <laughs> um i am only i was the second african-american to actually be a part of that board mm -hmm. um i'm the first woman um 
the first woman to actually um, serve as chair. There was one African-American that did serve as chair prior to me, but it was a male. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, that's Chief uh, Reggie Freeman. And he is really responsible for me even being a part of that group. Yeah, I know Chief Freeman. He's a great guy. Great young brother. Look, this is uh, Women's History Month, and I'd certainly like to know if you have any heroes or sheroes that you'd like to mention briefly. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of uh, uh, heroes and I <laughs> and sheroes. And, and first of all, you know, um, Chief Washington, I, I'm still going to refer to you to Chief, as Chief Washington. <laughs> I don't care how long you retire. Still, <laughs> I, I, I have to say that, you know, you have definitely been a, a big influence in my career um, as I've gone on. So mm. I would definitely like to pay some respect to you because it was a lot of things that you provided for me as I was a student Mm -hmm. at EDI to help me be successful as the fire chief. Great. So you are definitely one (laughs) of them. So let me say that. Thank you. Um, And and there have been many others, Mm -hmm. but I must say that um, I had the opportunity to work for the first African-American a woman fire chief in the United States. And that was chief Rosemary Cloud. Um, she really, really gave me the opportunity to um, really experience all aspects of the fire service and be able to lead and manage and be comfortable with that. And it was under her leadership that I was actually provided that level playing field that I needed to gain that experience. So when it was my time to be chief, I could be successful. Oh, so that she is, is definitely <laughs> one that I would say that has been a huge influence <laughs> in our professional development. Chief, that is excellent. Let me say this to you. She will be my guest for the following Saturday. So I, I really appreciate you mentioning her. And look, as we prepare to close out, what would you say to any young woman who may be considering the fire service as a career? What would you say to them? I would say that if there, the, the fire service is a definitely a well-kept secret. Um, the fire services provide you with so many fulfilling opportunities professionally and personally. Um, first, it, it, it's a paid job that pays very well. Mm-hmm. It's also a job that allows you to work um, about 10 days out the month and some people less than that. Mm. So I would say that if it's something that you think you want to do, I say, try it. Understand that, that any, but any minority that gets in the fire service will experience some obstacles and Mm -hmm. barriers, but don't let that deter you from doing and obtaining your goal. And that's whether you're going to the fire service or doing whatever you want, Right. you know, Everything comes with its challenges, but we have to make sure that we have this roadmap and we stay the course of our path and not let anybody take us off of our path. And that's what I would encourage anybody to do is, you know, determine what you want to do. Understand that there will be obstacles and roadblocks, but stay on that path. And when when you go off, get back on and mm-hmm. keep going because many people told us that we could not do it. Right. And look at us now. That's right. And look, I want to say this to our listening audience, something that I also know about this young woman. She was on national TV. And to tell you something about her courage, 
she has a female executive staff. And you don't see that a lot. You know, that's not to say that women aren't capable because they are, but we appreciate that in you. And uh, any closing remarks? No, I would just say, you know, um, please continue, continue to have strong drives and strong wills and know that uh, when somebody tell you, no, you can't still always know that you can and stay your course. Absolutely. Well said, Chief Tony Washington and your department again. My department is the city of Decatur, Georgia. Thank you, Chief, and certainly we'll be in touch. Appreciate you. Good morning once again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm very excited to have my next guest, Ms. Sharon Bullock. In fact, I have worked for her on several occasions. She is not mean as she sometimes try to appear to be. She's a very nice lady. I had to put that in, Sharon. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And thank you for for coming and participating with me on this show. You know, this is Women's History Month, and I'm going to have all my guests this month will be women. And I'm certainly excited to have an opportunity to uh, talk to you on this show. And my, I got a question for you, Sharon. When, where, and how did you start in the current business? And again, with this being Women's History Month, you're in a non-traditional type position. Yes, I'm in the construction field as um, project manager, superintendent, uh, you name it, I do it. Mm. And I started, I started, boy, when I was just got out of high school. I needed a job. Uh-huh. So I was in California and I went through a temp service and I got placed in a, a metal distribution company Okay. Um, and started out in the shipping and receiving department mm. and just um, learned everything I could about that and moved up into sales and purchasing and just kept moving. And then when I moved to Las Vegas in 1992, uh, 30, that's 31 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I went to work for a uh, land developer okay. here in Las Vegas. And once again, started, started at the bottom in accounting mm-hmm. and just, you know, just got my foot in the door and then learned that department and moved to once again, you know, purchasing and contracts mm-hmm. and do every department just tried to learn everything that I possibly could. Right. So where and, are you? Where are you the current job that, Yes. Sharon, where where are you from? Originally from England. Okay. I moved to America when I was fourteen. Um, my mother, my brother, and I we moved oh. here, um, uh, and uh, to Los Angeles. And okay. then I was in Los Angeles for about ten years. Went to high school there, and then, uh, like I said, I moved to Vegas when I was twenty four. Okay. You know, and I I interrupted you, so go ahead and complete what you were talking about, the various positions. I can tell you all, particularly not just women, but men as well, young men and women out there, something she said that's very important, and that is learn as much as you can when you go on some job or another. And I think it's really paid dividends for her. Go ahead, Sharon. Well, I find that, you know, and I've taught my children the same thing. You know, a lot of a lot of kids these days, they get out with a high school diploma and they uh, 
um, maybe go to college or mm-hmm. whatever, and they they expect to they expect to be placed into management positions. Right. And um, in in the normal world, you got to pay your dues. And so, you know, I've always, I've always been, get your foot in the door. That's any, right. any, anything that you want to do, get your foot in the door. Don't be afraid to sweep some floors. Don't be afraid to start from the absolute bottom. Mm-hmm. Because if you show the work ethic and you go to work every day and you work hard, then a position is going to open up and you can grab it. And then you learn everything you can for that department. And then by the time, you know, a few years have gone by, you are indispensable. Because you know too much. That's right. Because you've learned all the different departments, and you 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 know you build yourself up, and you just keep on going. Um, the position I'm in now, when I started as a project manager, because I'd obviously had more experience. Right. But um, you know, I was afforded the opportunity to um, learn more, mm-hmm. take classes, mm-hmm. do do everything that I wanted to do, learn everything about the business. And so, you know, then I, I got, you know, the opportunity to be a project superintendent where mm-hmm. I was out there with 300 guys <laughs> building housing and, and running the show. And, yeah. you know, um, at first, as a woman mm-hmm. in construction, mm-hmm. it's, very, it's very difficult to prove yourself. And I, you because, know, of course, I, you know, there's the, the, you know, the overall, oh. You know, what right. has she done to get the job? Right. That and type I, of thing. You know, and, and I'm sitting here chuckling because for you out there who don't know this woman, she's very petite, but she don't play. She is a, you know, you got to have a certain level of command, as they say, command presence. Well, Sharon has it. And, and, and I've seen some of these big old guys looking down at her and they be shaking in their boots because she don't play. And not and not mean spirit. I'm not saying mean spirited either. I'm just saying matter of fact. I know my job, and you ain't doing this right. And I this is what I expect. We expect excellent. Would you care to share who you work for? Your company, the name of your company. Um, I work for a nonprofit developer, mm-hmm. um, community development uh, program center of Nevada. We also are general contractor, national construction providers, also a property manager of global property management. That's headed up by our executive director, Frank Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman, like I said, he has afforded me the opportunity to soar. That's great. And I've proved myself. And, you know, like on a job site um, with these guys, like you were saying, um, I'm fair. I'm firm, but I'm fair. But right. I'm also you earn you earn respect. You're not given respect because of your title. That's that right. doesn't come along with the job. You have to earn that respect, and you earn respect by giving respect. We'll see. So there is nothing out there on that field that I won't do or expect my guys to do that I wouldn't do myself. Excellent. You know, I will get that down and put the rubber boots on and get in the concrete. Mm-hmm. I may not do it as well as them, and they may, you know, take the pump from me and tell me never come back, but I'm going to try. Right. (laughs) I'm not above anybody. And I, you know, titles, titles are irrelevant. Work is what your work ethic and your work performance, um, that's, that's who you are. You know, Sharon, I wa- so I've heard that respect. And we have teams of, of, of construction guys and we work well together and we have a good time Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just, let's get the job done. Let's get it done fast. Let's get it done on budget. And everybody, everybody leaves the winner. Yeah, my son-in-law worked for a company here locally. And I watched how the people gravitated toward him because he was a general manager. But if he saw a piece of paper on the floor, he would pick it up. Now, you know, most guys wearing a suit, they ain't got time to be stupid to pick it up, pick up no doggone paper. But 
the respect that you get. And, 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 and again, I'm saying this out of my own experience and my recognition of you on a job site and how you handle yourself. And as you said, you don't, you ain't, you ain't cussing nobody out, demand no respect. It's ba- based upon what you have done. You've shown your ability and people recognize that. And that's, that's a, uh, uh, to hold you in high esteem, I must say, because you are the kind of woman that, that men love to have on any kind of site in terms of taking care of business. So, uh, well said. Well said. Now, let me ask you this. Well, thank you. And it, as, as a woman, mm-hmm. as a woman in construction, it's that goes above and beyond mm-hmm. because you've got to get past that right. that um, stigma of mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing. You right. don't know. Um, you don't know construction. This and that. So you have to. You have to. As a woman in construction, you've got to prove yourself a mm-hmm. hundred times over. Exactly. So, as we prepare to close. Is there any type of credentials that you or certificates that you look to uh, achieve and have in your in your in your personal file? Well, like I said, I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I did not I did not go to college. Mm. I do not have a college degree, mm. um, but I took every affordable uh, class that I could in the field that I was in. Like I said, it wasn't like I went to high school saying Oh, I want to work in construction. It, right. I fell into it, right. and I enjoyed it, and I worked hard, and I took every class I could, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you just go from there. Um, unfortunately, in construction, you know, the college degree is not going to teach you right. what goes on on a job site. That's right. So it, it's, it's a matter of hard work, but anybody out there, you know, you go to high school, you get your, you know, you get your, your, your diploma mm-hmm. because it's so much harder to go and get back and get a GED. Right. So if you just stay in school, get that diploma, and then any job you want, you just don't be afraid to start at the bottom. Take that minimum wage, start at the bottom, and just work hard and learn everything you can, and it will come. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Well, Sharon, as we wrap up things today, I want to again thank you for uh, coming on the show and, and sharing some wisdom with our listening audience. And I trust that there are women out there, whether they are veterans or not. I think it's important to note that you don't, even as we sit here in the in the, the hall of the uh, Greenspun Journalism Building and Media Building, where people are seeking degrees, but degrees aren't aren't for everyone. And like you said, to have a degree has its place. But by the same token, I know that sometimes in, in the classroom you'll get theory, but you've been practically doing things. So uh, that goes a long way. So, Sharon, I appreciate you so much and look forward to having you back on the show. And, and I'm still chasing your son as a veteran to get him back on. Thanks, Sharon. He is. He is. <laughs> He is, uh, he is ready anytime. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, Sharon. All right. Take care. Veteran Affairs Plus bye-bye. on bye bye. Veteran Affairs Veterans Affairs Plus on ninety one point five Jazz and More. And once again, Wes, thank you for your direction and your cohort over there. He he was keeping me on point so I didn't get off too bad today. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.